It is Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. We welcome you to the latest edition of baseball today. That's my man, T. Ploof. I am Chris Rose with you. Oh, man, you got the Baseball Today sweatshirt. I didn't even know we had those hoodies. It looks good, doesn't it? Hell, yes, it does. That's nice. That's a big-ass baseball on your chest. It says it says my name, says your name. I'm really on for the brand today. You really are. I got to tell you, I, it's one of the areas where I've been extremely deficient. I have not purchased enough stuff, like zero. And it's not because I don't love this company. It is. I just... I get so focused on other stuff that I forget to sit down at my computer and do some like the next time Michelle is doing some shopping, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to do some shopping, too, but I'm going to go to the John Boy Media store. You should. I got a pretty good uh, promo code that you can use. OK, Oh, good. Yeah, I need that. I need that. Now, I noticed that it was on display last night when you went to the Rams Cardinals one sided playoff tilt on Super mm-hmm. Wild Card weekend. Um how how much fun was that? It was awesome. Defense showed up. Um, fans showed up. A lot of blue in the stands. It was a blue out. Yeah. Uh, and just a, a great all-around game. Uh, my buddy, Matty Staff, gets his first ever playoff victory. Uh, yep. He was efficient as can be last night. Uh, it's a Good great work. game. Now they got to go into Tampa and take care of business. It's going to be a tough one. There were a lot of stars out there last night. And you know that ESPN loves it when there's stars or any network. I'm not just going to single out ESPN because any network. And when they're out in L.A. and when your team's doing well and in the playoffs, like I love it because most of those stars couldn't name anybody outside of OBJ and Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald on the team. But that's that's how they roll out in L.A. in the sports fandom. It was cool, though, seeing Mookie out there. Did you see Mookie hanging out? Yeah, that one had to probably hurt the Patriots fans' uh, hearts right there a little bit, right? A little bit. It's not his fault, though. I mean, you go to a new city. He's part of L.A.'s fabric now. I mean, they signed him forever. So he's down there with his boys, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And it was cool, man. But a lot of stars. Jared Weaver was out there yesterday, too. Um, I was there. So I I got a huge ovation from the crowd. That was cool. Yeah, huge. Huge. All right, uh, let's start talking a little baseball. Uh, Since we last met, the players and the owners have done the same. The owners came with a proposal that the players, depending on which report you read, uh, I'm not going to say laughed at it, but they were like, really? This is what we waited six weeks to see? Based on whom you have talked to, uh, do you feel any better or worse than than the last time that we talked about this? I feel about the same. I mean, we kind of know this is how these negotiations are going to go. We got a glimpse of it during the 2020 season. Um, I think the most common phrase I got was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you wait six weeks for a proposal and then you get something that's kind of doesn't move the needle whatsoever, it just seems like <clears throat> these negotiations are going to take a while and fast approaching is spring training in the season. So we don't really have the time. And if that is what you know, the owner side is trying to do is, is, you know, push us to the last minute to try to get the players to take a deal they don't really want. That's not going to happen. And, you know, so to answer your question, I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic about where things stand right now. Um, I hope it changes, man. I, I know the players are, you know, doing their redlining, going to offer something back. At, at what point I do not know. Uh, but I hope that that 
turns the tide a little bit and, and we get some some uh, momentum towards getting a deal done because right now we're, we're pretty far away Chris mm-hmm. yeah I don't have a lot of faith uh, I am not familiar with major negotiations like this in terms of how quickly things can get done right so if one side says hey we'll meet you a little further than halfway on this like that's what it's going to end up taking and I don't know what the percentage is we'll meet you 65 percent of the way as opposed to 52% of the way. I don't, I'm not privy to that stuff. I don't, I'm not familiar with it uh, in part because I don't have interest in it. I have interest when people say, Hey, we have a deal. We're ready to play baseball. Like that's why I signed on to be a sports fan. It wasn't, I'm not a labor negotiator. Like I don't want to know the nitty gritty about that. And I think that that's how 99.999% of, of baseball fans feel these days. It's almost like, Hey, send me an alert on my phone when, you guys are ready. And other than that, it's just blah, blah, blah in the background. And you could pick a side. You could be for the players. You could be for the owners and side more with one. That's fine. But at the end of the day, until these two teams, two sides shake hands, we're just sitting here going, huh? Yeah. Really sucks. I, mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, as a, as a casual or just a, a baseball fan, you know, that doesn't have my player background, I would feel the same way. I just want these guys to figure it out. I want to see baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that people have to know is this current CBA and the one that we just had, so we don't have a current CBA, the one that we just had heavily favored the owners. They, they found ways to manipulate it. So we can't really get mad at the player side. If the union, if the, MLB, if MLB is just going to sit there and basically send non-starters over, you can't negotiate against yourself. There needs to be a little bit of give on the owner side to get the ball rolling, and there really hasn't been that yet. Mm-hmm. So do not look for the players to budge right now and say, you know what, fine, uh, baseball's about to start. We'll give up some things. That's not – it's it's too important. That's not going to happen. So, you know, I said – uh, in a tweet, we, we're going to have to dig in here, people. And we really got to just be patient with it because you don't want to get to that point. If you're on the player side, you know, which clearly I am, uh, you don't want to get to a point where you're just giving things up, negotiating against yourself. That's just not the way you handle things. And you don't want to get yourself into another situation where you have five, six years of an agreement that doesn't really favor you. So, mm-hmm. you know, this next proposal is going to be very telling as to where, you know, the players want to go with this. We'll keep you posted if there's anything new in the near future on baseball today. In the meantime, stay patient. Keep checking out your favorite team's roster. See where you're deficient. Check out who's still a free agent who might be interested in trade talk. Dream big. That's all I can tell you. Last week, we had the international signing period kickoff, which was always fun. Um, You know, I mean, we check out the rankings of the top 50 international stars and which teams end up, you know, getting each of these top 50. Once again, we don't know. Some of these guys will never make it. Some could turn into MVP candidates. That's the way it always rolls for our discussion today. I want you to pick a player that was once in the international signing period that you think will have the biggest leap from 2021 to 2022 on the field. I have an easy one. We might have the same one. But before that, I want to just send a uh, congratulations to all the guys that signed. That's a big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Uh, in particular, my friend Eduardo Escobar's son, Diego, who I saw as a young, young kid. And he, I've just seen him continue to put the work in. He signed with the Diamondbacks. So dream come true for him. 
You're kidding and, me. Yeah, I just want to shout out. Like, that's cool. I saw the kid put the work in and, and get better. And, so and now he's, he's, he's 16 years old. Yeah. Well, look, I, I want to ask a serious question here because I don't know. Why wouldn't he have had to go through the draft process? Did he not grow up here in the States as his home base elsewhere? Yeah, he, I, I think, I believe he's um, a Venezuelan citizen. Okay, got it. Yes. All right, that would make so, sense. So shout out Diego. My That's answer great. to your question is Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners. I know he's a consensus top prospect. Oh. Uh, but the Mariners, we talked about last year. Last year was uh, just uh, the first step into a long window for them that they're going to be really good. And they brought Kelnick up last year, uh, you know, big graduation for him. Rodriguez is going to follow in those footsteps. And I was reading some stuff on him. You know, we know about his power. He's a big outfielder can hit. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this, Chris. The guy is a 330 career hitter in the minor leagues. So he's one of these guys, these young guys that understands many, the many facets of hitting. He's not just a homer strikeout guy. Uh, he, he's able to make contact when he needs to. And that's proof by his 330 batting average. Usually you don't get that. If you're, if you're bombing the ball away, like he does, and people say he's got like 70 power on the 2080 scale, you don't hit 330. So this is a guy we all got to watch out for. I know he's kind of a big prospect, so we know his name. Uh, but I just think that having him up there, you know, the Mariners just gonna be one of those really, really fun teams to watch. I'm super excited to see how he does. Okay. Uh, it's an interesting name because I don't know. I don't know when he's going to get up here. You know, I, it, it'll be really interesting because they still have enough outfielders without him. Certainly can't start. hold a guy like this back. I know. And by the way, who knows if that's going to be part of the new collective bargaining agreement once it happens, like the manipulation of service time, I hope is a thing of the past, but who knows where we're going to sit with that. For me, I'm going to go with a guy, he's not established, but he had his first full season in the big leagues last year. He finished runner-up in the AL Rookie of the Year voting, and that's Luis Garcia, the right-hander for the Houston Astros. The thing I like about him, first of all, he gave them nearly 30 starts a season ago after getting just kind of a taste of it at the end of 2020 and then throughout the playoff run that the Astros had. The thing I liked about him, we saw him get bombed. He got shelled a couple of times in the playoffs, and namely game two of the ALCS against the Boston Red Sox. So game six, what did he do? He came out, one hit, shut out ball through five and two-thirds, seven Ks, really changed it up, changed up his game. Uh, I like his makeup. I like his repertoire. I love that he wears a freaking offensive lineman's number. I think that's so badass that he's out there wearing number 77 doing his thing. And he's got kind of a freaky delivery. He's fun. I expect the one thing I think where I think he's going to make a big leap is his control. Too many walks last year, particularly in the postseason. You cannot be doing that. So if he kind of tightens that up, I think we're going to see him jump to a new level. Yeah, we. I really like him too. And him and Framber. I mean, the Astros aren't going anywhere. I know a lot of people think they are because, you know, Springer's gone, whatever. And who knows about Correa is gone and they're not going anywhere. <laughs> These guys are really good. I, I mean, so I'm excited to see what they do as well. I love his hair. Yep. I love the wind up. And I, I totally agree with you. Being able to put a bad start behind you in the playoffs is something that it, not many people can do that. Mm-hmm. Huge stage. He did it. I'm excited. 
Did you ever want to wear a big number like that? 77? No, for me, it's always, I always wanted the lowest number. Cause like they give low numbers to guys who they think are going to be guys. Oh, like if you're just like a eh, guy, you're not going to get number seven or you're not going to get number three or something like that. Those are reserved for like the guy guys. So I always wanted a, a low number. I first asked our clubby and I got number one with the twins. When I first got put on the 40 man, Ooh. never wore it in the big leagues. Cause Siyoshi Nishioka came over from Japan and stole it from me. Uh, then I, I transitioned to 24 because of Kobe. So, ah, interesting. Yeah. I always love the numbers game. Like Trevor may has worn 65 throughout his career. I was like, why'd you do that? said, yeah, they, they gave it to me, I think, in Philly's camp when he was there. He was drafted by the Phillies. And then he was like, that looks good. I'm a big guy. 65. Exactly. Why not? He got 65 because that was the biggest jersey they had, probably. Yeah. That guy's a stud. Yeah. He's a big dude, isn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never met him in person. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was only, <clears throat> you know, I, we, we went out, the Roses went out with the Giolitos last week. It was only the second time I'd met Lucas in person. That's met him crazy. at the All-Star game in 2019 in Cleveland, real quickly. And met his wife, Ari, who, uh, if you follow the Rose Rotation, she is a, a veterinarian, extremely smart and hilarious. Oh, my God. I was like, Lucas, we should have her on the podcast. She is a thousand <laughs> times funnier than you are. It's like, yeah, I know. That's awesome. Yeah, they're great. They're really cool. Yeah, good people. All right. Uh, the reason I'm wearing a Toronto Blue Jays cap today on the show is because I wanted to talk about an interesting column by Shai Davidi, who covers the Jays. Does a really, really good job, uh, both print-wise and, and, uh, and um, media as well. In terms of TV, we see him all over the place. He put out a column asking, how soon is too soon? to give long-term extensions to both Vladdy and Bo Bichette. So I ask you, what do you think is going to happen with the Toronto future of both those young studs? If they want to keep both of them, yeah, they have to do it soon. Every single game, every single week, every single month they wait. I mean, honestly, the price tag is just going up. That's the bottom line. Uh, we've seen a lot of deals go down lately with some of these guys who – are expected to be like cornerstone guys. We've seen Wander, who's obviously been a top prospect for a long time, made his debut after a hundred days. They gave him that contract. They gave him right. We saw obviously the Tatis deal go down. He's a very young player. Uh, so there's a lot of these kind of happening now with these types of players. The, the difference is, is that Bo and Vladdy are like established in the biggies. Like they've proven like they are legit MLB players. I mean, Vladdy, and any other year wins the MVP. Sorry, there's a guy, Shohei, who's changed right. baseball forever, you know? Uh, and, you know, I think they're both getting started. I love watching these guys play. So, yeah, if you're Toronto, you have these two guys. You're lucky enough to um, sign and develop these players. I mean, you got to find a way to keep them in your uniform, in your city. And the only way to do that is to do it sooner than later. And okay. you, and And the problem with that is, though, these guys know how good they are. They're going to well, bet on themselves. They're going to bet on themselves. How many teams have multiple players that get paid more than $250 million? And I'm just grabbing that number because I think both of them will end up getting it, right? You've got Tatis and you've got Machado. 
Now, Tatis is still, even though his deal is for, what is it, 343 or whatever it is, forget, mm-hmm. I forget the exact number. It, it doesn't jump, jump to big boy money for quite a while. And what year is this for Machado out there? 19, 20, 21, 22. So this is four of 10. Still a long way to go. Still more than halfway to go. I mean, at what point? Because the Blue Jays have three contracts that are already more than $110 million. That ain't cheap. That ain't it's, cheap. It's not, it's not cheap. They're going to have to get creative with this. And, you know, and maybe they're going to say, we'll deal with that problem when we get there. Let's make sure we sign these guys. Uh, because, like I said, if they wait uh, each year, I don't know how much. I mean, if they continue to perform at this level, each year is going to cost the Blue Jays, I don't know, what, $50 million more? Well, $75 million more? To me, the most interesting part is that these guys are on the same time track, okay? They both have four more years of control. They're basically tied at the hip in terms of importance to the organization. Vlad is, is the better stick. Bichette plays a much more important position. He runs, all that sort of stuff. He kind of feels a little bit like the heartbeat up there. So they both bring different things to the squad. You can't extend one and not extend the other. So if you extend one, you have to move off of the other, in my opinion. Because imagine you've got two guys who both feel like they're the man. One gets paid. Then the other guy knows, well, the organization doesn't think that I'm the man. I think what will happen is they're going to offer both of these guys contracts. Now it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what the difference is in those contracts and length and money. Uh, But at that point, if one of them signs and the other one's like, nah, man, I'm going to bet on myself. Then there could be a situation like that where they could live peacefully. Yes. But I agree with you. If they only offer one and not Mm -hmm. the other, it might cause a little bit of something there. You know, you want to be treated fairly as a player and if you're like hey man like i'm really good how come you're not offering me that i could see how uh hey maybe it'll light a fire too uh or you could be really pissed kind of could go either way but i agree i mean look it's a great problem to have (laughs) if you're in the front office of the blue jays you have these great players it's difficult but it's a really good problem to have answer this question for me okay in 2027 one both or neither Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette are wearing Toronto Blue Jays colors. I think both. You do. I, I do think both, and I'll tell you why. I think if these guys, if the organization believes in them the way that I think they do, they might find a way to get rid of some other contracts to make sure they have these guys around for a long time. Okay. Or hell, just pay everybody. Well, that's they the are, other thing. Yeah, from all reports, this organization has deep, deep pockets. And they were like, when we're ready to spend, we're going to be spending. And to their credit, they have spent the last several off seasons, right? They brought in Ryu on an $80 million deal. They brought in Springer on a nine figure contract. They did the same with Gossman, right? Uh, And they just extended Barrios. So they have, they haven't shied away from spending the dough. Let's go. Okay. Who owns them? The Rogers family or I something believe, like that? I, I think it's Rogers Sportsnet. Yeah, I believe that's it. Hey, and talk I, to, 
hey, guys, talk to the owners. Tell them to up the CBT so you guys can go spend some more money. <laughs> That's how these things work. Yeah. You know what? I, I suppose the cynic in me says that only one stays and that it would end up being Vlad only because um, with Bichette, the only thing I worry about it with him is that how long does a guy like that stay at shortstop? Does he, will he always be there? Will he move to second? In which case the price sometimes changes. I don't know. I love him as a player though. I think he's, he's cool as hell. It's difficult to stay at shortstop for an extended period of time. It It really is is. just a very difficult position. Uh And the first thing to go as you get older is your lateral quickness Uh for step ability. So, I mean, I could see him moving, but that, I mean, at that point, like he's already going to be locked in. Yep. He's going to be at shortstop for a while. You're right. I, I think I'm overthinking this. Maybe. Okay. We got nothing else to think about, bro. That's true. Let's overthink everything about something else. When I was at my other job with the NFL network over the weekend on Sunday, you had the um, main CBS team of Nance and Romo and, Tracy Wolfson covering the Cowboys and Niners. And then you had the alternate Nickelodeon broadcast for the second straight year, which was phenomenal. It was so well done. Uh, I am begging baseball to say, let's do this too. I mean, the graphics were amazing. The slime monster, the, the slime cannons when teams scored touchdowns. My favorite was when SpongeBob had, or Patrick had like a, a disheveled look on their face at the beginning of a field goal attempt. And when it went through the uprights, they smile and they're super excited. Did you watch it with either of your kids? I didn't, but I've seen it and I think it's incredible. And if you're asking me, like, does Major League Baseball need to do something like this? Of course they do. And we've talked about this for a long time. At least I've had discussions about what Major League Baseball can do to get younger kids uh, to watch their games. This is an example of it. The Field of Dreams game was another example of what you can do with our game to dress it up a little bit to, you know, sometimes you got to put your your, uh, diamond earrings on, your stilettos. Like, let's get sexy, baseball. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's okay to dress it up. And there's so many things you can do with this sport. Just the Field of – forget about Nickelodeon and all that stuff, although that would be awesome. We could do all these YouTube creators that all your kids watch. You know what I'm talking about, the blippies – Ryan's world, all this stuff like that. You can have them be part of baseball in some capacity and great. Boom. That works. Other things you can do to get, you know, an older audience. We have amazing film directors out there that we give these uh, massive franchises. We give them the keys to those franchises and say, Hey, go give your interpretation of star Wars. Go give your interpretation of Batman. Right? We do that all the time. Why can't we do that with baseball? Why can't we take one of these directors and say, hey, we're going to give you a game in August. It's going to be a really cool game. Maybe we do like the Subway series. We're going to give you Yankees and Mets, um, and we're going to give you the series. Do whatever you want. You can design the uniforms. We we want you to do like the filter on the camera. You can take all the angles that you want. It's going to be your series, and we're going to promote the hell out of it. People will love that. Like there's so many things we can do with this game. And that's not changing the fundamentals of the game. It's just giving an alternate image of baseball that people can grasp onto, similar to what we did with, with the Field of Dreams game that was wildly successful. Yeah, I, so think, I think that is the next step. 
Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, I do think that that baseball has made progress in this area. Right. Field of Dreams game. I'm a huge fan of the Little League game still in Williamsport. Mm-hmm. I think sure. that's awesome. I think it's so cool when the, the players arrive and they're just mingling with all the kids and playing ping pong and playing video games and riding together on the bus. And I know that obviously COVID kind of have dampened the situation the last couple of years, but still, I thought that was a great, great idea. Um, I'm a big fan and keep moving around. You know, should we play an annual field of dreams game? Yes. Should we go to other places where you've never had baseball before and you can kind of make it niche and carve it out to make it something special? Absolutely. But to me, like the number of the response I saw on social media for the Nickelodeon game, the last two years in the playoffs has been phenomenal because you have it. If you just want to watch the regular broadcast, you've got that. But man, if you want, if your kids love it and they're like, this is awesome. And if they become a football fan off of it, then that's how you win. So this is the way we should be thinking. It's very simple. It's not giving a rod a Manning cast. That ain't it. (laughs) Stop it. He's great. Uh, I would say this too. Let's keep going international. Now, I know logistically it's tough and there aren't facilities everywhere that you know are up to par with Major League Baseball standards. Um, but look, let's do that too. Shohei had a great quote talking about baseball's not dying. Like baseball's very popular internationally. Like we're growing internationally. So let's continue to grow there. That's like, mm-hmm. let's go play more games in Japan. Like, let's go. Like, how awesome would that be if Shohei went back to Japan and played a series? It would be incredible. It'd be crazy. Let's go to, I mean, I can't, I don't know if India has baseball facilities, but I always think about India as like this huge untapped marketplace. There's a billion mm-hmm. people there and they like cricket and cricket and baseball are kind of similar. Like, let's, let's go do something there. There's a lot of things we can do. I loved it. I love the games overseas in London. Yeah. I, I thought that was cool, you know? I mean, Francisco Lindor goes and hits a home run down in Puerto Rico. Yes. What an amazing moment for him. If you were to ask him his favorite moment since he's been a major leaguer, I guarantee you that's number one. Exactly. I think that I think continuing to go international is uh, should be, you know, on the top of the list. Like I said, I know logistically it's tough, especially if you're doing it right in the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, But hey, man, we got to grow the game. Continue to grow the game. How often do you think, though, if, if they did something like a Nickelodeon, do you do that once a month, um, something like that? Yeah, you could. I, I think back to my days, man, playing like we had uh, kids games like in Minnesota. We had like games uh, like really early games, like noon games where we'd have busloads of kids come in and they would all just be chanting spongebob square pants and it was annoying as a player to sit and listen to that for three hours but like kids love it they want to be catered to like if if you put a kid down uh, most kids okay i know there's some kids that really love baseball but if you put a kid down and just said hey watch this baseball game i don't think they're going to watch it you know through it's not really meant for them uh, but you start adding stuff like that. It just makes them feel like, hey, this is like I can connect with this. Like I get it now. And I think mm-hmm. that we need to really take a look into that. And because and, we need the young, we need the youth to love baseball. I'm with you. All right. Just something else to think about. What do you have coming up on John Boy? A lot of stuff, man. We're really busy this week. Um, we got 
talking baseball. We recorded yesterday. Got another one coming out tomorrow. We had a, a surprise interview that we're going to be doing. Oh, uh, taping ahead. Okay. Don't want to give it away just yet, but a good good friend of mine who I think will be really insightful on everything, a veteran player. Uh, and then, yeah, next week we got some stuff. We have a big announcement coming tomorrow uh, at John Boy, so it's it's a big week for us. What about you? Well, the AJ Pruszynski episode is out on the Rose Rotation. Gotten some very interesting feedback so far. Like, I didn't know that he wasn't such an asshole. That's, a, that's been a popular take. Um there's been some really good, fun clips out there. Taping a um, an episode today with Whit Merrifield of the Kansas City Royals. We'll nice. check in with him, see how his offseason is going. And also, I want to ask him point blank, you know, how frustrating it's been to be mentioned in trade talk, um, how he has dealt with that the last couple of years. And now that, you know, he's 33 years old. He didn't make it to the show until he was 27. And I don't know where the Royals are right now. Is it tough for him? You know, aren't you like, hey, I want, I want to get going. You know, he arrived right after they they had it good for a couple of years. He arrived in 2016 in the major leagues. So we'll kind of, you know, I think he'll be honest about all that stuff. I love him. Yeah, ask him how he got so dang good all of a sudden. Or was he always that good? Well, he was always a really good player. I mean, he was a, he was a ninth round pick, I think. Which Late is, bloomer. Yeah, well, it, it did take him a while. I mean, we're going to be yeah. talking a lot about that because – at some point when you're 25 years old and you haven't made it yet, right? When did you make the show? How old were you? Um, 23. Okay. It took you a little while, too. It took it took me a while. I mean, years. I got drafted. I got drafted out of high school. Uh, fresh 18. So, yeah. I mean, I was I touched every single level of the, every single level of the minor leagues. Yeah. And so did he. But he was older. He went all the way to college. Yeah. He won a college World Series. Got a walk-off hit. Uh, before we go, I, I want to mention this. And people saw this. Uh, we put a clip out yesterday that Miguel Rojas, one of our co-hosts of the Rose Rotation, he lost his mom after a courageous battle with cancer, which I think came back a third or fourth time. And if you if you've followed Miggy and his Rose Rotation journey, we talked about her day one on the show and we did not know at the time that that she was ill. He let us in on that. Um, you know, she was his entire world. And raised him, made sure he had everything he needed to come to this country at age 17 and to grow into the man that he is, has become. Uh, I texted with him a bit yesterday. Uh, anybody that's lost a parent knows uh, how difficult um, the first few weeks in particular are. You know, I've gone through it twice and it sucks. It is a terrible, terrible time. Uh, but for him, I think he has such amazing perspective because uh, of the foundation that she laid for him. And so um, Miggy knows how much we love him. I say this every time after he comes on the show to our amazing producer, Rob Scirocco. I say, I, uh, I don't feel as good as a human being after I talk to Miguel Rojas because he is so damn special. He just is. He is so appreciative of everything that he's had, of everywhere he's been, of every life that has touched him. And a lot of that comes because of his mom. And so we love him. He'll be back with us at some point in the near future. And uh, if you want to reach out to him via Twitter, I know that I know that he would appreciate it. Yeah, he's a I mean, 
you know she was a special woman because she raised someone yep. like him. No question, dude. Bottom line. So um, that's tough news. Yep. But so, uh, yeah, we got your back, Miggy. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a part of our family here at John Boy Media. He loves <clears throat> he loves being a part of the Rose Rotation. He loves being able to connect with fans. He loves it when people say something to him when he's in the on-deck circle, when he's warming up before a game. He gets a huge kick out of that. And so the next time you're at a ball game and you end up seeing Miggy just say, hey, man, sorry about your mom. She sounded like an incredible woman, and I guarantee you he'll appreciate it, and it'll bring, bring a big old smile to his face. But in the meantime, Wait, we're one, one more. Let's, let's stay on Miggy real quick. You think he's going to be a manager or like a front office type of guy? Because it's going to be, be one. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be the manager of the Miami Marlins one day. You heard it here. I really first. do. And uh, I think it's something that he really wants to be a part of. He's smart enough to do whatever the heck he wants. Front office manager. I think he loves that connection with the guys. I think it's immensely important um, that he is. Uh, he's bilingual. And he talks about that an awful lot and how important it is. It is crazy important. You know, Hey, has anyone ever said that about you? About what? You're, you're so smart. You could do whatever you want. I don't think. No. Hell no. said that. No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. It's usually the other direction. Usually the other. Direction. Oh, I love you. I'm just messing with you. You're oh, a, I know. You're a superstar. Not really. Average. Shoot for average. Rarely get there. All right. Listen. Thank you again, everybody, for consuming baseball today. Everything that we put out here at John Boy Media, you are the reason that we continue to roll each and every day and continue to provide what we hope is great content, even during a little bit of a downtime in the baseball world. Uh, baseball's not going on. We ain't going anywhere. We will see you again on Thursday on Baseball Today. Thanks for tuning in.